0: Tonight's going to be fire. I don't care what you got to say. I don't care what you're doing. But you need to stop what you're doing. Share with your friends. Let everybody know that we are in the building. I'm so glad that you're joining me tonight. Welcome to the show. This is Conversations with Deborah Franklin. But tonight, we got a special treat for you. We got special guests in the house. I have someone that is taking over my show tonight, y'all. Taking over my show. Because they were like, uh-uh, I got to do this. Do this. She gonna come on live. But first of all, y'all know how we open up every show. Tonight, I wanted to just tell you that if it is in you, it is Time for you to do it. You have got to start standing up and showing up and showing out for who you are because you have been created for great- greatness. You have been created for this. You are destined for this. Stop talking yourself out of it. Stop talking talking yourself out of anything that you want to do. If God has given you a vision, it is time for you to activate it. It is time for you to show up like never before. Because remember, your voice is what someone else needs to hear. Your voice is who will be able to help someone else get over that threshold, get into their winning season. We need to end this year strong. Whoever needs to jumpstart their life, you need to jumpstart it tonight. You need to jumpstart and be who you are. You need to jumpstart everything. If you need to start just jumping up and down like, hey, 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 and just start convincing yourself, it's time for you to jump into that next level. Because when you know who's you who you are and who you are, you will jump into the next, the next phase of your life. You will jump into the next phase of your life you will what jump into the next phase of your life because you are created for this you are destined for this and you are going to show up and show out because god did not take no take any time to make somebody that wasn't ready to produce all you got to do is say yo yes now say yo yes Does not mean it's going to be easy. Saying your yes does not mean that it's going to be girl child. It's going to be ice cream every day. It's not. Just don't get discouraged when those distractions come. Don't just get discouraged because God's giving you a vision and you're trying to figure out, oh God, my bank account don't look like what you're showing me. My friends don't look like what you're showing me. My circle does not look like what you're showing me don't let that discourage you your job in this time is to make sure you are prepared so when that door opens you are ready to walk in with all power all knowledge and doing doing it to the best of your ability and most of all show up as your authentic self you got to show up and be the you that you are yeah i mean that be the you that you are You can't be anybody else. Yes, it's okay to look at other people to get ideas about how they're doing something, how you want to do it. You might say, hey, I like purple, but the shade of purple that I use might not be the shade that you're going to use. It's okay. Be you and be okay with being you because now people don't want fake and phony. People don't want want you just showing up, just showing up. They want to know who the real you is. And I, and I mean it. They want to know who is the who are you authentically. I say this all the time. Matt can only do so much. But if the inside is all jacked up, the outside is going to be jacked up too. So when you work on you and showing up as you and learning everything about your craft, I'm a trying to tell you, you ain't got nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but where up. It is time for you to go all the way up, all the way up, all the way up and do what you know that you are supposed to do. Because when we do that, we're going to capture the hearts of millions. And I'm and I'm and I'm speaking this to you. You will capture the hearts of millions. If your goal is to be a millionaire, you're gonna make it. If your goal is to be a billionaire, you're gonna make it. If your goal is to preach on on multiple stages, you're gonna do it. If your goal is to speak to, speak to the nations, you're gonna do it. If your goal is to be able to clothe a thousand people you're gonna do it if your goal is to be able to feed a million people you're gonna do it if your goal is to sell a thousand books you're gonna do it if your goal is to be is to be an amazon bestseller you're gonna do it if your goal is to be a new york times bestseller you're gonna do it if whatever you set your mind to do you can do it because if God has showed it to you, he can't help but take you through it. And that's the thing. We got to start having increasing our faith level. When we increase our faith level, level, there is nothing on this earth, nothing in hell that can take us from it. So if nothing else, y'all, what I need you to know tonight is that you are destined for greatness. You are destined to make it to that next level. Don't get your eyes off the process and go forth and do the doggone thing. <laughs> do the doggone thing because you were created for this. Well, all right, y'all. I'm not, hey, I'm done. I'm done. I'm bringing the girl up who is going to be co-hosting and really hosting this show because I'm getting ready to drop down and let her do her own thing. Let me bring her up. Her name is none other than Miss Shamira. Oh, she's Miss
1: Yamira. hi hi deborah thank you so much for having me on your platform to co-host your show really now,
0: taking over you're not really co-hosting you really taking over my show
1: Oh, i'm That's taking it. over i'm gonna be miss deborah okay. tonight
0: okay I got you. This girl is going to be the host for tonight. She's getting ready to launch her own show. So I told her, for your first episode, let me make it where you can be comfortable. Let me make it so you can just concentrate on the show see this is what we do when we want to help and our sisters go up when we want to help our sisters go to that next level we we let them do what they do but do it in a safe place so y'all get ready sit back i'm getting ready to turn this show over to
1: her all right shamira it's on you Okay. All right. Well, hi everybody. My name is Shamira Smith. I am the owner of Beauty in the Mirror, which is a life coaching company that equips broken women and men with the tools to become whole. I am also a three-time author and I just launched my current memoir titled Beauty in the Mirror and you can get my book at mirror spell M-I-R-A-H. Com. But enough about me, enough about me. I want to bring on my awesome guest, the author, speaker, movie producer, Miss Bobby Hi. Wagner.
2: Hello, hello, Mr. Mira. Thank you for having me. How are you?
1: I am great. Thank you for being I'm here. Good. You look beautiful.
2: How do you, ma'am?
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. So, Bobby, you are just such an awesome person. So tell us or tell the viewers a little bit about Bobby Wagner.
2: Absolutely. Um. Again, my name is Bobby Wagner. I like you. I just finished my memoir, Life Under the Pink Canopy. You can find that at um, www.lifeunderthepinkcanopy.com or ba- Barnes and Noble. Um, I also am a, uh, like you said, a movie producer. A few years ago, I uh, wrote and produced and directed videography, a documentary film called The Pink Canopy, which highlights my mom. She was a school teacher um, who had a mental breakdown. So the film goes over how we, as her children, adjusted to her her illness, and um, how we learn to cope. So with that movie, I took it uh, literally around America to encourage people, enlighten them about mental health, letting them, th- letting them know they're not alone, um, connecting people with mental health organizations. And from that, after telling that story, I'm finally telling my story because I wasn't led at the time to sit in front of the camera and interview myself, how um, my mom's illness affected me. Until now, which is in the the, the book, I have a uh, one daughter who is in grad school at the University of Chicago, um, and yeah, I relocated to Tennessee. And what else? Yeah, that's about it. I just had my book launch uh, last weekend in Houston.
1: That is awesome, and congratulations! Congratulations thank you, on it. Thank you. You mentioned Bobby that you wrote your book. Um, and you talk in your book about your mom and she had a mental breakdown. Would you, and how it affected you, would you mind um, speaking about that to the guests and let us know about her breakdown and how it affected
2: Mm. you? Absolutely. So 1966, uh, my mom had a mental breakdown and um, she was diagnosed, which is now called bipolar. But back then it was manic depressive disorder. And for the next, from 66 to 1970, she was treated with electric shock treatments, 95 to be exact. And in my research, she had actually six sessions of the electric shock treatment, but I counted each shock as one electric shock instead of the whole treatment. It was 95. She was subjected to different type of psychotropic drugs. So needless to say, my father left the family. She lost her career as an uh, educator in Iowa, and we were displaced. We meaning my brothers and I were displaced, um, like, it seems like three or four times each year for the next, whoo, 10, 12 years. So that affected me as a child. It would- um, and then on the other side, when years later, after they found a treatment for her sickness, we became stable. And, and years later after that, I wanted to tell her story, not only to help others, but help my brothers and I, because we lived in um, chaos all the time or we lived in survival mode. So we didn't take the time to get help for ourselves. And that, that what I call un- residue or unaddressed trauma showed up in our lives. So that's why I wanted to turn around and have my brothers talk about it because talking about it is a part of healing. So I got them on camera, sat them down and um, yeah. So I'm helping thousands of families with mom's story.
1: That is so awesome. So you mentioned that you guys were displaced and then you became stable. So at some point, did you go back with your mother? Yes. So okay.
2: when she was, let me go back a little bit. So when she was hospitalized, that's when we were dis, displaced. And displaced, we went to go live with family members or my friends. After she was sick for months, weeks, she would come back and after she was um, discharged, she would come back and restart her family again. So we were with mom, but she wasn't always well.
1: Right. It's an awesome story, and viewers, stay tuned. We will be right back after this quick commercial. All right, so we are back, and Bobby was just in the middle of talking about her book which is titled the pink under the pink canopy and her experience with trauma um due to her mom having a mental breakdown and let's just finish the conversation bobby so yeah so after your mom came from being hospitalized you guys were stable you got back with her would you mind speaking on a little bit of the trauma that it caused you you know along the way and How you, what steps did you have to take to heal from that trauma?
2: Sure. Um, I witnessed my mom when she was in her psychosis or psychotic episode. um, She would be um, committed forcibly by the sheriff's department into the hospital. So as a little girl, I seen that. And that was traumatic. Um, Mm. Taken by force by police, like a common criminal that was traumatic also what was traumatic for me was just in and out of homes leaving your neighborhood leaving friends leaving your your adobe your home leaving my brothers cuz we didn't all go to the to our families together so i was always by myself and my brothers they went they went together with somebody else so all that was traumatic for me mm-hmm. and you, you don't know How traumatic it is because you're in it. It happens so much. You think this is normal Mm
0: -hmm. until
2: you grow up, (laughs) until you evaluate yourself against other friends, other families, and I realized I need to sit down and get some help. So that's what. But I didn't get the help until, mm, man, that's probably in my late twenties.
1: Wow. So So that unaddressed trauma. Right. Weird as ugly. Head. Yes. Wow, you are so strong. and Your story is so powerful. So, what made you want to confront that pain? And also, what made you want to confront that pain? And what steps did you take to so, confront that pain? Well,
2: what made me confront the pain? I had I was married and I had a daughter, and I realized part of my trauma response. Or part of what I was used to was moving all the time because that's how I, was. I grew up. We was never stable. And I realized as my daughter was growing up, I would move from across the city to across the country. And this is before she was in school. So when she uh, became school age, I had to become stable. Right. But how can I become stable when I didn't know I didn't see it in front of me? I didn't see it displayed in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can't keep moving. That's not fair to her. I'm giving her trauma. I'm giving her my trauma. So that was that made me stop, turn around and confront these issues was my daughter. And also, number two, I was um, giving up opportunities, mm. like meaning job opportunities or relationships because the, of the trauma. I was forfeiting them because I didn't know how to stay and process certain things. When it got tough, Bobby ran. That's uh-huh. all I knew how to do, exactly. So it was two, my daughter, I didn't want to give her my, my residue mm-hmm. that I was given. And two, I was messing up, messing up opportunities, relate like I said, relationships. I wanted to grow. I wanted to be a different Bobby. And so that made me turn around and get the help. And the help was, Seeking my faith, reading the word of God, sitting down in front of a counselor, right? right, And being honest with myself. Right. And it it hurt. It hurt to confront those issues, to turn around and peel back the, the scab, to get into that sore and put that medicine on it so it can heal
1: better. Absolutely. And thank you, Tracy. Uh, She said Bobby's story can help many people. And I appreciate her for sharing. Yes, Bobby, your story is very, very inspiring. So you said when times got tough, Bobby ran.
0: So as we see,
1: fight or flight. So today, Bobby is a speaker. An author mm-hmm. and a movie producer. So at some point, Bobby stopped running. So my question to you is, what made you write a memoir instead of an autobiography? And also, what inspired you to? Well, I know you did mention, you know, your daughter, and you, you, you know, you didn't want her to experience the same trauma. So what made you write the memoir and stop running? Uh, the truth. Let's say that last part again. What made you write the memoir and stop uh, your, and face your truth so much so that you're able to write a memoir and insp- inspire other people?
2: I realized that I've been through so much. And I realized that when I wrote my mom's story, that was healing for me. Mm-hmm. And I knew my story would help other people. Mm-hmm. But I researched the difference pre- between an autobiography and a memoir. Autobiography, the author tells the whole life story. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to divulge that just yet. (laughs) So I looked up the um, memoir and the definition was an author just shares parts of their life or certain events Mm -hmm. with the hope of encouraging somebody, giving the tools they use um, to come out of traumatic events. And then also I want to let people know they're not alone. So I had to go back over my life and realize what was the most traumatic event that I wanted to share
1: mm-hmm.
2: with the audience, what had happened to me, unaddressed issues, what did it look like, and then what, did, what was the tools I used to get out, and that's where I could share with other people how okay. I got out. Now my story may not be your story, but these are the tools I use. And that's just to encourage, you know, maybe you don't go the direct route I did. Mm-hmm. Go to a different route, but we all come to the same destination with just healing.
1: Yes, I love that, Bobby. That is so awesome. And thank you for sharing your story. I promise it's so inspirational. So I want to ask why did you title it Under the Pink Canopy? What does that mean?
2: Okay, so let's go back to the film. The film is called The Pink Canopy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and it's a pink canopy bed. That's what it, it, it means. It is. So in my displacement, which I mentioned before, I, was, I would receive hand-me-down clothes, shoes, hand-me-down beds. Or I slept with my mom. So when, my mom, when I was nine years old, my mom was stable enough. Because my mom always liked nice furniture. Anytime we moved and she was stable, um, she would go and buy brand new furniture. And I mean, it wasn't used, nothing. It was just, it was just great. I'm sorry, I'm digressing. So she bought me this brand new pink canopy bed when I was eight years old, nine years old, Mm. brand new. I did everything in that bed, great imaginations. I stood in that bed and I thought that was my stage and the rest of the room was my audience and I would have a little concert. Mm. So, I mean, everything was, everything in that bed was dear to me. So that Mm. following year, my mom would take sick. And she would, you know, mental, mental patients would refuse their medicine because they didn't think they were sick. And that was the battle too. growing up. She would stop taking her medicine. But well, okay. this is the point. She stopped taking the medicine. And um, she was um, apprehended again forced taken by force to the hospital.
1: Okay. So when I
2: came home, usually when I come home in the evening from school, she's outside waiting on me. Mm-hmm. Rain, slit, you know, snow below zero temperature. She was there. So this particular time she was not there and I knew something was going on with her and I, I just knew she was she was taken by force. So I ran upstairs to the apartment, opened up the door. The house was ransacked. Evidently, the, must, the sheriff's must have came into the apartment to get her because it was she gave a fight because it was just tore up. So I ran into the bedroom and the top of the pea canopy, the canopy itself was gone. exactly someone must have that opportunity to take the bed so that just hurt me so bad
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and when I fast forward to when I was trying to find a title for this film the Lord say title said title it the pink canopy because the canopy um, literally is a covering right but it was taken away and then my mom Figuratively speaking and literal speaking was my covering, but she was taken away. So that's why I titled the film The Pink Canopy. And then life under the pink canopy is my perils and my trauma underneath my mom. The unaddressed trauma when I seen what I seen when she had a mental breakdown or (laughs) um, the residue that it caused. So that's the title.
1: That is such an awesome backstory and it makes so much sense and I love all the metaphors you give in it as well, like the covering and uh, oh, it's just it's just so interesting. <laughs> I just I can't wait to read your book. Like I'm so inspired by read your book because I know it's gonna bless me. So, Bobby, what would you tell someone else who may have or is experiencing the same thing? They're growing up with a parent who's struggling with mental health, how, like, what advice would you give to them to kind of get through it currently and to the ones who have been through it, but are still trying to heal from it? Like, what, what advice would you give to them?
2: So for the that first question, the one that's still dealing with it, mm-hmm. knowledge is kind of mm-hmm. So I would educate myself on, what the diagnosis is for Mm -hmm. that parent, Um, the treatment is and support them as much as you can, Mm -hmm. but also safe space for you because you might be the caretaker. Mm. Yeah, You know what I mean? So you need to have um, like a safe space so you can heal as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Also get a support system, Mm
0: -hmm. family,
2: friends, and learn as much as, like I said before, learn as much as you can about that disease. And know you're not alone. There's support mm-hmm. groups out there
0: mm-hmm.
2: that just, you know, supports people who, like dealing with a parent with mental illness or uh, a sibling, there's support groups out there. Secondly,
0: mm-hmm.
2: if that parent, if that disease is causing you, tra- you trauma, I'm an addressed surgeon to also seek counseling because it shows up later in life as anxiety. It shows up later in life as, um, like discouragement also. It's like, and then, so a lot of people, when I, re- when I did my story, again, knowledge is power, they just assume since my mom had mental illness, it was going to come and, and they ask me, are you dealing with mental illness? I'm right. like, no, I am not. I'm not. Because. Right mom Mm -hmm. wasn't always sick and Mm -hmm. I'm not you know I don't want to claim that over me and Mm -hmm. I do a self-check with me and my brothers because we're not blind to the fact yes she is mentally ill Mm -hmm. we do a self-check how are you doing how you think about that Mm -hmm. you know how's your mental health do you need help do you need support Mm -hmm. I would say like I said before find um, support groups do your research on the disease and Mm -hmm. then you know it's okay not to be okay.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's great advice that you just said. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to seek help. Seeking help doesn't lessen you in any kind of way. We all That's what the resources are here for. So with that being said, Bobby, what do, what would you tell the viewers? What is the benefit of healing? What is the benefit of seeking help?
2: Oh my gosh, to be the best self, to be your best self. Mm -hmm. That way you can turn around and help somebody else to encourage somebody. You got a whole life in front of you and Mm -hmm. certain things come just as a distraction to keep you off the path that God has chosen for you. That's a distraction. Unhealed self is a distraction.
1: Absolutely.
2: And that's what I would say. Just turn around, find help, confront the past. So you can be your best self and you show up in life, you know, happy. Mm-hmm. You know, that weight is lifted. Literally, that weight is lifted. I'm just thinking about myself. Once mm-hmm. I just came to that feeling that place, mm-hmm. I just felt lighter. Yes, And I wasn't ashamed. And I was happy to tell my story. Yes. To help somebody.
1: Yes. And I love that you said that, Bobby, that. I'm not ashamed, even though this happened, you know, even though this was mom's story, and even though this happened to me and I was displaced and everything else, I'm not ashamed of my story. And Mm -hmm. did you when you when you say that, did it take you on? Did it take your journey for you to get to that point that for you to not be ashamed or were you just always like like this? Or did you have to work on that to not be ashamed of your story? It
2: was a process. Okay. Because I'm from a small Des Moines, Iowa. It's small, mm-hmm. and I have a huge family. And my mom was a school teacher in Iowa, where it was unheard of. And mm-hmm. the point is, people knew my mom, so her mental illness was lived out loud. As some some families hide some hide their family in the in the back bedroom, mm-hmm. shut the door. Mom was lived out loud. She was arrested in public. She mm-hmm. was. A school teacher. And she was, came from a family of nine. Mm-hmm. So everybody was whispering, oh, that's Gladys, the crazy one. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up, yes, there's some shame to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you bow your head. Yes, you ran. You, there's a book called Running From Crazy. And I forgot the author. Mm-hmm. And this lady, if I knew her name, you know what I'm talking about. Her parents, both of them was mentally ill. And she kept running from away from it running from crazy until I couldn't run no more and I didn't want to leave this residue to my daughter you know so I turned around and confronted and you know Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it now I'm fine with it now because it's going to help my story is going to help somebody
1: yes help a lot of people and I think it's Bobby, for sharing your story on the Deborah Franklin Conversations platform. So where can people, I know you mentioned it earlier, but where can people buy your book?
2: Absolutely. www.lifeunderthepeatcanopy.com
1: And do you have any events coming up that you want to announce?
2: I don't have any events just yet. I came back from my book launch. I'm creating something here
1: in Tennessee, another signing. Yes, oh. but I'll keep everybody informed. Well, congratulations on everything. You are such an inspiration. It was a pleasure. Thank Inter- you so much for having me. You're welcome. And I look so forward to everything that you have in store because you are a motivation. And I just, I just love you. you. <laughs> right. Thank you. So, yes. Yeah, so that is going to be the end of our show. Before, before we close out, I want to give you one of my famous quotes that I always say and do not aspire to be like them, but aspire to be like yourself at your best. All right. Thank you for watching and have a good rest of your night.